0: If you've got a Bible in front of you, please turn to James chapter 4. James chapter 4, so page 1215. And I will read the verses that we're going to be focusing on tonight. So, from verse 13. James 4 verse 13 Now listen you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there carry on business and make money why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow what is your life You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag, and all such boasting is evil. Okay, so over the last uh, few weeks and months, I've kind of been involved in a number of Bible studies and uh, discussion groups uh, with the young people of the church in the the 20s and 30s, which has been quite interesting. And uh, a few weeks ago, we began one of these discussion times with a question. Um, I posed this question to the young people of the church. I asked this. This was the question that we started with. In five years' time, where do you see yourself being and what do you see yourself doing? Okay? In five years' time, where do you see yourself being and what do you see yourself doing? And um, as we went round the room at 20s and 30s, um, as you can imagine, that was a sort of, there was all manner of weird and wonderful... Uh, responses to that question well really that's the sort of thing that we're considering uh, tonight in in James chapter 4 because here what the author's doing and what what James is doing is he is challenging how we regard or how we look to the future you know he's tackling how we think about and how we're going to plan the next few weeks and the next few months and the next few years of our lives. So simply I guess, the topic, the, the topic that we're looking at tonight is planning your future in Jesus Christ. Planning your future in Jesus Christ. And what James does, what is it, three verses we're looking at, what he does is he sort of points out a mistake that people make, then he addresses that mistake, and then he tells us what we should do instead of that mistake. And I, that's what we'll do tonight. We'll, we'll try this evening, in the time that we're looking at this, just to follow James's method here. And we'll try and follow his logic. But let's first face facts, because uh, the headings tonight, if I'm honest, the headings of the sermon are a wee bit wordy. You know? They're uh, they're a bit long. So what I'll do is I'll give each of them to you just now, and uh, hopefully it'll help as we go through. This sermon. So here are the three headings. Bear with me. The first one's this. Point one. We'll see the essence of the problem, self-confident planning. Okay? The essence of the problem, self-confident planning. Then we'll see the foolishness of the problem, The shortness of life. The foolishness of the problem. The the shortness of life. And then, time permitting, we'll consider a third thing. And that is the alternative to the problem. Seeking the will of God. So if you just get this, the essence of the problem... The foolishness of the problem, and then the alternative to the problem. And I know these are wordy, and I know there's a lot to, to take in there. And if if you don't get to just now, that's fine. As, as long as we get the first one, point one, the essence of the problem. Let's think about that. The essence of the problem, self confident planning. Okay. Okay. Right. Our initial focus here should be on the opening verse that we've got here. This opening verse in the section. Because that opening verse, it sheds light on on part of what we're dealing with here. Part of the problem that James is dealing with. So I'm going to read that. So if your Bibles are open, I'm just going to read verse 13. Verse 13. Follow me through it. Now listen. You who say, today... Or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. So that's verse thirteen. And to get to the, the the heart of the problem here, to get to the core of what James is talking about, what we've got to see is the presumptuous nature of what's been said. In that verse, do you see how presumptuous it is? You know, there's a huge number of presumptions being made. Let's, let's look at it, okay? First one, look what it says. We'll go to this or that city. We'll go to this or that city. So, it, it presumes that the, that the person who's making these plans in verse 13 is going to have great opportunity. You know, the person who's making these plans is going to have the opportunity to, to go anywhere they want in the world. You know, that the world is their oyster. It's presumptuous. Look at the second thing. Because then it says, we'll spend a year there and then move on. A year there and then move on. So it's presuming that the person who's making the plans has got a long, long life. That they've got ages to make plans. they have got this long, long life for them, years ahead of them. And then look what it says. It says, we'll carry on business. <laughs> we'll carry on business and make money. So, there's even the presumption that such is this person's ability and talents that they're going to be a success. Look at the presumption, you know, we're going to carry on business, and we, we're going to make money. So it's, let's see it, it's presumption, after presumption, after presumption. Okay, fine. But according to James, what's the problem with that? What's the point, underlying point that James is making there? Well part of the problem is that this planning for the future, it sidelines or it ignores God altogether, doesn't it? It's planning for the future that sidelines or ignores God. I mean, look at it. Think about it. Think about all of these presumptions here. You know, they're, they're all about self-sufficiency, aren't they? You know, they're all about sort of self-confidence. They're all about relying, not on um, God in any way. These things are all about relying on ourselves and our own, you know, our own abilities and strengths. You know, I'm going to go here and I'm going to go do this and I'm going to make rakes of cash when I go and do those things. The problem, part of the problem then, is that there's no room for Jesus. Part of the problem is that there is no room whatsoever in these plans for the will of God. So that's part of the problem. But we shouldn't stop there. We shouldn't keep our focus just on verse 13. Because there's another crucial element here. Look at verse 16. Again, if your Bibles are open, I'll read it. Verse 16, it says, As it is, you boast and brag. All such boasting is evil. And when we take that, verse 16... And we tie it together with what we've just seen in verse 13. What have we got? What have we got? Well we've got not only the problem of people making plans and ignoring God, but we've also got the problem of people making these plans and then taking pride in doing that, don't we? You know, here's people setting out these uh, self-centred and self-sufficient and self-confident plans. And then what do they do? They boast about these things. To anyone who will listen, they boast to other people. So I hope you see what we're looking at in this first point here. We're saying that the problem that James is establishing is a two pronged thing you know it's the problem of making plans for the future and ignoring God and then it's also the problem of doing that and then boasting about it and as we apply that tonight I hope you see I hope we all see in this room tonight how exceedingly pertinent this is. Do you see how relevant this is? It is, isn't it? You know, James moves here. He moves from one section of his letter into the other. We talked about this two weeks ago. The middle section of James's letter that he writes, the middle section is about disharmony in the church and it's about disunity. But then it's as though James puts this big, massive, full stop And he changes. And he moves his focus. And then here, this begins a new section. And it's a section about money. And it's a section about the troubles that money causes. So you see, when we're talking about planning tonight, and planning for the future, it's not a kind of, it's not a kind of sort of general, An ill-defined or undefined planning we're talking about. No, it's actually much more specific than that. This is planning that ignores God and planning that centres around money. So do you see how relevant that is to our lives? Because we talk about this all the time, don't we? Where are you sitting tonight? You know, this building, where are we? We're smack bang in the financial epicenter of the whole of the UK. You know, this part London is where Reddy's talk. You know, this is for money matters. This is where people make plans. Make plans from their own ability to, to make money. This, James... Four, 13 to 16 is all around us but we say something else every week as well don't we we always ask the same question what is the context of James who is he writing to he's writing to Christians he's writing to believers so friends understand us The problem of making self-confident, money-seeking plans. This is a problem that's out there. It's all around this church. But this is a problem that's right here too. This is a problem in the hearts of the people of God. So I ask you tonight, are you a planner You know, have you got a sort of five-year dream? Are you making plans for your future just now? For your career? Are you making plans for your retirement? Well, if so, let me say firstly, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. You know, there's nothing wrong with making plans. But can I also warn you tonight, And I warn you of the danger if we have these plans governed by our pride. Or making these plans that are governed by self-reliance. Because when we leave God out, that is the essence of the problem. Okay. So we've seen the heart of the matter, the, the core, the big sort of problem that James is addressing here. <coughs> now we're going to do something different with our second point. Second point is the foolishness of the problem, the shortness of life. So if you've got a Bible there, we don't do this very often, but if you've got a Bible there, I would ask you to um, open it. And let's look to another portion of Scripture. So if you've got your Bible there, um, please look with me to Luke's Gospel. Okay. Luke's Gospel, chapter twelve, and verse fifteen. Luke twelve, fifteen. If somebody has the page number, if they could show ten forty five. So Luke twelve and from verse fifteen. I'll give you a second to look that up. Luke ten verse fifteen. And I'll read it out. Just a couple of verses. Please follow me through this. Luke twelve, fifteen. Then he said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years life easy, eat, drink and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone Who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. And folks, all I would ask is that you take that parable and sort of keep it there. Keep it, not necessarily in front of you, but keep it in your minds as we look at the second point. Because what James does now, James reminds us of the temporary nature of life. The temporary nature of life. He says in effect... It is a foolish thing, a, a daft thing, to make sort of grandiose and self-confident plans, because all we are are we're humans, you know, we're mortals. Life is short, so that's his point—the temporary nature of life. But he sort of accentuates this. He makes his point in two two ways. One. He sort of states the obvious, doesn't he? Look what he says. He says, in effect, how can you make plans for years to come when, look at verse 14, how can you make plans for years to come, verse 14, you don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, how, how can you make plans based on your longevity? When let's face it, we don't even know what's going to happen round the corner. We don't even know what's going to happen tonight. So he states the obvious one. Second thing he does, how does he bring out this point? He gives us a sermon illustration. And I love when James does this. I love it. Because it shows his heart, you know. It shows he's got this sort of, pastoral heart that he cares you know he makes a picture an illustration he wants us to see the point that he's making so what is the illustration do you see it well he compares your life to a mist think about that your life to a fog a smog a, a mist now what's, what's that all about? Well we've all been there, haven't we? You know, we've been driving along the motorway or driving along the road and there's, you know, we've had to sort of put the brakes on a wee bit because all around us it is misty, we've had to slow down because we can't see properly around us. But then what happened? Then what happens? Well, all of a sudden, the road becomes clear, doesn't it? You know, we've been in this mist, we've been in this fog, but all of a sudden, there's clarity. All of a sudden, the the fog lifts. Well, that's what? That's the idea of what we've got here. You know, because in Scripture, this mist, it's the same word as a sort of vapour. Or it's the same word as a, a, a smoke. So we're talking about something that is almost see-through, you know. We're talking about something that is insubstantial. We're talking about something that is here one minute and then it it, it, it it's it's gone. And James is saying that is your life. Your life is but a mist. A fleeting haze, and that is a common, common point in scripture. This, what would we, what would we call it? We call it an impermanence of life, the sort of ephemeral nature of life. That's all the way through scripture. You know, Psalm, uh, Psalm 39 says, "Our days are but a breath." Job seven seven Our life your life is but a breath Scrap that Luke twelve fifteen Think about the parable that we've just read. That's the point, isn't it? That's what, what James is talking about here, this This foolishness, this stupidity of blindly pursuing wealth, of ignoring God, when all the time our lives could just end. Pursuing wealth, ignoring God, when our lives are but a mist. Now, I am not here tonight to patronize you. And you do not need me to tell you tonight that life is short. Do you? I mean, there's people in this room who have a battled serious disease. And there are people in this room who have lost loved ones. And there are people in here tonight who have just recently had sort of scares, health scares. But please let me say this to you. And get this, please. The brevity of your life should shape the manner in which you live your life. The brevity of life Should shape the manner in which you live your life. You know that we are only around on this earth. For a very, very, very short space of time. That should affect the way that you act. And that should affect the way that you worship. And of course. That should affect the way that you plan for the future. And hear this if you will. God has not revealed the future to you and he has not done that so that you will rely more readily and more heavily on him so when it comes to plan for the future let's do that No, let's let's take the transience of our life and let's enable it to lead to a more durable and, and, and more robust spiritual life let's rely more readily on the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ because he's the one in whom we're going to find stability and of course he is the one in whom we find eternity so the foolishness of the problem It's the shortness of life. Okay, let's conclude tonight looking at a third thing. What have we seen? We've seen the essence. We've seen the the problem. We make these plans and then we boast about them and we ignore God. Then we have seen the foolishness of that. Imagine making plans, ignoring God when our lives are fleeting. Last thing. The alternative to the problem. Seeking the will of God. The alternative to the problem. Seeking the will of God. And here, what we're thinking about is how we should plan for the future. How we should plan for the future. Because James says, don't do this. Because of this, Instead, do this. So what have we got here? Okay, well, before we get to it, let me first tell you about Scottish Presbyterianism. Okay? Scottish Presbyterianism. Because Scottish Presbyterianism is a weird thing. In fact, Scottish Presbyterianism is one of the weirdest things there is. Over the years, what has happened is that traditions have grown up, or habits have grown up, that are treated by some people as being almost sort of quasi-religious superstitions, if you like. Superstitions. And that's what we've got in verse 14, don't we? Because James says, instead of making this this mistake of forging uh, concrete plans without God, that we should always sort of add a qualifier to that. That we don't just run ahead and make our own plans. That we should say firstly, what is it we should say? If it's the Lord's will. And uh, granted, it's kind of, uh, is, is dying off a wee bit now in Scotland. But, you know, there's still parts of the country where you can hardly do anything at all without also kind of adding that uh, that statement, to, oh, I'll do this, <gasps> if the Lord wants or I'll do this, God willing. Well, can I emphasize just now that that is not what James has got in mind here. It is not just about a repeated slogan or a catchphrase that there is much more to the alternative than just a saying because there is a principle here and there is a principle that is all important and it's this friends in all of our plans We must seek God's will. And in all of our plans, we must submit to God's will. We must seek his will and we must submit to his will. And that's the principle that James is calling for. And I guess you can see it as a sort of throwback to what he said earlier in the chapter. Do you remember that? When he says, you know, humble yourselves, humble yourselves before the Lord. When we plan for the future, that's what we've got to do. We've got to humble ourselves. We've got to bow before God and we've got to seek his will. Now, in closing, let me apply that to two groups of people in the room tonight. One. The younger people here. Can I ask you, what are your plans for your life? Tonight, what are the plans for your life? Are you thinking about your career? Are you wondering what it is, what job you're going to be doing? Are you wondering where it is that you're going to be living? Is that stuff Is that a sort of live topic for you tonight? Well if so, I would say to you, pay attention to James, pay attention to what we're seeing here from God's Word tonight, but I would say this also. Seek God before and during your plans. I'll say that again. Seek God before and during your plans. Now what does that mean? Well, you're young. Okay? So don't wait till you are halfway through your life. And don't wait till you're halfway through your plans before you then seek guidance from God. Don't do it like that. You are young people. Now, tonight, over the next week, bow before God. Young people, bow and find out what the almighty God of heaven and earth, what he wants from you in your life. Seek God before and during your plans. That's the young people. The second group of people, <laughs> can I, dare I say to the older people, will I get shot? Well, to the older people, I'm not saying old, just not, 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 not younger people. Can I say to you friends, James is writing to a part of the world here that was experiencing what was this this sort of boom in commercialization, if you like. You know, there's this sort of explosion in trade, and there's this explosion in in, in commerce. And he's writing to these people, and he's saying to them, live lives, lives live lives that are shaped by Christ, In everything that you do. Live lives that are shaped by Christ in everything that you do. So I would say to you, see tomorrow, take Jesus Christ into your workplace. You know, don't leave Jesus in here for the sort of occasional Sunday visit. In all of your work plans, seek Jesus Christ. In that plan about a change of career, seek Jesus. In that plan about career advancement, seek Jesus. In all of these things, seek the Lord. And do that now, before you do anything else. And we finish tonight with this. Again, I want to say this: there is nothing wrong with making plans. That is not the message tonight. The message tonight is different. When we do make plans for the future, when you are making plans for the future, ensure that you have Jesus Christ in view. Make a plan with Jesus Christ in view. Why? Because he was the greatest example of this principle that we're talking about. Because you see, over 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ knelt in a garden in a garden overlooking Jerusalem and he knew his future and he wept because of that but he was still true to this saying here he was still true to this principle. And he prayed, Father, not my will, but yours be done. So let's live following that example. Let us seek and let us submit to the will of the Father. And I tell you, let's be a congregation Who boast, okay? But not in the riches, and not in the wealth, and not in the plans of man. Let us be a congregation who boast, and who boast only in the Lord. Let us pray.